This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast and I'm saying that with a big smile on my face because a week after the last podcast we set ourselves a mission. The mission was full points ahead in the games in front of us and Brentford went out and they delivered on that mission. We went and played Ipswich on Saturday, three points in the bag. Then we went to Nottingham on Wednesday or Tuesday another three points in the bag which is all good so we're still on course for the faint playoff mission that we're on at the moment now. My name's Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in the Parcel Yard pub and I thought me and the characters will come down to the Parcel Yard pub and the reason why we come to the Parcel Yard pub but this is one of the sort of away day pubs that we come to. When you've been to an away day and you get back to the station, you get to King's Cross, we think, fancy a last drink, lads and lasses. And they go, oh yes, go. We go up the stairs past the old Harry Potter, little Harry Potter with the old, you know, trolley in the wall thing. You know, lots of people standing up there with their Harry Potter scarves. Up the stairs, at the Parcel Yard pub. A lot of people don't even know about this place. It's a wicked pub, actually. It's really cool. We go inside there, a few little drinks. But what we didn't realise is actually even got an upstairs. And we've been chaperoned and brought upstairs here, and there's even more. And, uh, yeah, very, very nice indeed. They're taking very, very good care of us. So, like I said to you, any away days at Barnsley? Probably if you come back from Barnsley, I'm sure we'll be popping in here after the Barnsley match. But, like I said, I'm Billy Grant, and I'm sitting here with a smile on my face because... We've had a very good week, a very good bees week, which means that everything tees up very nicely for Saturday against the Fulham. And I'm sitting there with Mr Dave Lane. Laney, how are you? Very good, thank you very much. It's probably the soberest I've been in this pub. As you say, we normally we normally come in here um, at the end of a, a of a long northern away day, and uh, yeah, it's always it's always buzzing in here. But uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's certainly worth a visit. They do breakfast as well, so I'm, I might might pop in here for breakfast before the uh, the Barnsley game. Have 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 one one for the road before the road. Indeed, indeed. I mean, they've got the Dutchman in the house as well. The Dutchman, how are you? I'm very well, thanks very much, Billy. Um, Enjoyed being in this pub, enjoyed our uh, game last night and enjoyed the fact that my hangover is starting to disappear and I'm sucking into yet another beer uh, so I can talk nonsense. Indeed, indeed. Listen, weekends as well, because obviously it's been a long seven days. Lots of things have happened in the seven days. I mean, I don't know, you know, good times, bad times. Blaney, what have you been up to? Uh, apart from trying to do a bit of work in between the football, uh, I've been out for a few runs. Trying to, yeah, I've got my, I've got my running head back, back on again. So we um, started doing the park run again and I uh, went around Bushy Park on, uh, on Sunday and did 10 miles, so quite happy with that. Um, but uh, really it's just focusing on, on the, the last remaining fixtures at the moment. They, they're coming thick and fast really. Season's going to be gone um, before we know it. So to see three wins kind of materialise and some, some real graft being put in by the players, it's, it's kind of really heartening. You know, it was, it was important for a lot of people that the season just kind of just didn't peter out and just die. And, you know, they, you know whether or not we, we get we get anywhere near the playoffs or we get, you know, anywhere near promotion, only only time will tell. It's still unlikely, but to be in there with a sniff still with four games to go is, is, is pretty impressive. 
and obviously you're doing your runs there. You must be getting yourself ready for the, the park challenge. The, the Brentford Community Trust doing their park challenge, which is moved from, it's going to be in a few weeks' time, but they've moved it to the end of May, if I remember rightly, as well, which is going to be at Sion Park. There's all sorts of races, like 1KK, 10K races. They've got sort of all sorts of paddle boarding. It's going to be a proper, proper full-on day, isn't it? And like I said to you, I think you can go to the Community Trust site, or if you go to Brentford or call Brentford up, they'll actually be able to give you all the information about that, but they want everyone to take part in that, don't they? Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to do that. I think I'll do the 10K, actually. It's, um, it, I, I did it um, about, well, it was 2012 I did it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a really, it's lovely going around the grounds, around, around um, Sign House and out, you know, out around the park. So, yeah, cer- certainly worth doing if, uh, if you're that way inclined. Indeed. And the, the Dutchman, what, I mean, the weekend, how's, oh, the weekend, the week, how's it been for you? Yeah, it's been good. We um, try to get out of the house as much as I can. Um, got no roof at the moment, building work's going on, so any excuse to go to an away game and stay over. Um, bit of music last week, went to see a gig on the Friday, uh, but not doing any running. So um, Laney's just shamed me into having to think about getting fit for the 10k run, maybe next year. Ah, uh, Sign Park, 2019 actually, this is a bit of a, a run-in for that one as well, and for myself, I've, I've had a pretty good week as well, I was doing a bit of culture at the weekend as well, you know, uh, my daughter was actually taking part in a, uh, in, a, in, a, in a sort of performance, you know, sort of, sort of, sort of an arts performance at, uh, at the St Albans Theatre, I went down to St Albans, you know, it's one of those things where you go down there, the old family, sit down there, daughter's on stage, all bit of theatre action, and I was in the bar, I had a couple of bees come up to me. And I thought, oh my God, and I said, hello, mate. And next minute, there you are, standing in the corner. It's Mike and Dave as well. You're all sitting in the corner, just chatting away with characters that you've never met before. Like, you know, and then you know, the missus sort of goes, who are those guys? He's like, oh, they're Brentford. She goes, oh my God, you meet Brentford fans everywhere, don't you? Like, you know, I said, yeah, Brentford fans are everywhere. So they had the old performance on the stage. And I actually felt like saying, you know, they were talking about their art and they were talking about, you know, the performances. And I felt like saying... Actually, you've got the man here who, who invented Big B Radio. Mike invented Big B. I felt like going up on stage and saying that, but I don't think it would have gone down particularly well. But anyway, good to see you, Mike, and also good to see you, Dave, as well. And like I said to you, Dave, we'll hopefully get you on the podcast maybe next, sometime next season on the next run because he sounds like he's absolutely potty for it. But anyway, let's forget about the art. Let's forget about the running. Let's forget about all this nonsense. Let's talk about some football because we've had two games, one on Saturday against Ipswich Town, Mick McCarthy's Ipswich Town at the time. I hasten to add, and then we had Nottingham Forest on Tuesday. Let's listen to hear what the fans had to say about both those games in the pubs after the match. I never even thought of the playoffs before today, and all of a sudden now I'm getting excited. But it was um, like Mick McCarthy, it wasn't pretty out there, but professional. I thought Malpay worked so hard today. I was pleased from getting his penalty. You know, the, the usual kind of Malpay fumbles here and there but that bloke works hard yeah fairly professional didn't really worry us too much until right at the end Um, job done it's end of season it's not going to be as pretty as it was throughout the season I thought Canos coming on again with the usual kind of Canos crowd waving flag bearing thing actually helped penalty I thought it was a real it was a penalty it was fair it was a push Um, Canos made a bit of a spark subs made a difference onwards and upwards I mean it was two teams uh, battling it out for a mid-table or upper mid-table position only because you're convinced there's no playoffs absolutely I mean you know it was an important win for us today to make sure that we secured the 10th place that I think that we'll finish up in the league um, so, so I'm going to ask you, and again, I'm just going to, so if Brentford get to the playoffs, can we say that you, um, everyone can get out of the globe and you buy everybody a beer, is that right? I would be delighted to uh, buy some form of refreshment, probably bottled water, if we reach the playoffs. Because, what a cop-out. No, it's not a, co- it's not a, co- it's not a cop-out. It's because everybody, everybody will be so drunk on success that they'll need water to sober up. Rubbish, well, absolutely rubbish. Absolutely. Yeah. A typical fence liberal that's what I say people talk about careful what you wish for but after today you know I think the club and Mick McCarthy need to go their separate ways it's, it's, it's not it's not working um, a lot of people were quite quite angry today and want to want him to go now so um, you know and to be honest after today I kind of agree with that really but over the last sort of four or five years I think he has done a good job people don't give him the respect that he deserves um, you know what you're going to get from Mick McCarthy a hard work inside but you know he far too many times he lets the hand break off and he won't let the players play so I think it is time for him to 
when we go. come down here, we, we've had a brilliant day today. We, we see what Brentford are all about. You know, they, they, they play some good football. They're, uh, you know, they're a smaller, perceived smaller club, but you, you know, working on a small budget. And you know, one of the things that a lot of fans have talked about is, like Mick McCarthy says, oh, well, we haven't got a lot of money. Well, you know, I think I, I don't think I'm wrong, but Brentford haven't got a massive amount of money. But you play the right way, um, entertaining football, and you go for it. And you today that, that showed through to us there's only one team in my opinion that really wanted to win today it was today it, was, it wasn't pretty to watch mate it was uh, a typical horrible Mick McCarthy uh, set up I can't believe he, he picked time today he didn't need to do that I, I, I didn't I thought that was just a little bit I, I don't know spiteful spiteful it was just a bit I, I don't know what the word is it's, it was just kind of intimidatory really um, I, I, you know he knows he knows the score he knows the history regardless of all and, and apparently he's not the best man for the job of all of the Ipswich fans either yeah I, I just didn't understand it before Judge he had a, had a solid first half he, he seems to have lost a bit of pace um, you know I, I think he, he I think he ran out of steam and I think um, obviously Canos came on and made a big difference within five minutes he, he made a run across his man absolute nailed on penalty two hands in his back went down penalty I thought I thought more was going to miss it I'll be honest with you I just couldn't see where the goal was going to come from and even with the penalty I thought oh no we're going to blow it I don't I don't think this season's over by a, a long a long shot you know, we, we need to go to obviously Forest now on Tuesday night and win, and I think we will. Um, Fulham, anything could really happen. We could either beat them, draw with them, or get a tonking. And then after that, QPR, you've got to say we're favourites there. And then we've got a couple of games left. So, you know, if, if a couple of, couple of other results go our way and we do what we're capable of, I'm, I'm excited, Bill. Absolutely brilliant today. Fantastic. We were up against it for a little while, not playing at our best, but we came away with the result and the three points. Uh, McEachran had a good game today. You know, uh, nobody had a poor game, but I think the addition of Woodsy might... Take you know, it up a Neville? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Let's hope so. Second half, you know, we just needed that goal, which I'm, 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 it's, it's a 1-0. It's a Brentford 1-0, and it's keeping happening, and I'm happy with it. You know, 1-0, three points... Brilliant. Local local lads are here now, just literally a stone's throw from the stadium. Um, my children go to the uh, to local school, so for them it's uh, bragging rights for early part of next season, having obviously got beaten to them to the start of the season. So absolutely delighted. Last few times we've been here, in all honesty, we've played some delightful stuff. Um, most of them have, have come up to us and said how well, we, how well we play and they wish that they could watch our team. But obviously today, I thought we grounded it out. Um, rode our luck a few times which has not really been our story of our season we haven't really had much luck um, tonight we probably did um, and then when we when it told we scored the goal and um, that shows a sign of a, of a good side with a good backbone and with all honesty is also um, a lot of people in the pub prior to the game a little bit um, worried about Dean Smith's tactics line up etc but again can't fault the man come out with three points which is all we wanted well I, like, I always like watching Brentford I remember the first time I saw them they were playing Notts County before they got promoted now it was, UA Rosler was the guy and ever since then you've beaten us and I think you've got a really good it's down to the owner and you know exactly how to play every player knows how to play and it all fits so Karanka is is got a long long job because you know, we took took over from Warburton, who tried to play the Brentford style with players at Forest that couldn't do it. They didn't have the skill, and ever since then, Karankas brought a whole new set of players, but he didn't bring enough anybody um, up front. The, tr- the trouble is that that is not a Karanka team. A moment, I mean, he signed some people, uh, but up front, you know, we're still dealing with the old uh, Warburton and uh, reserves and we haven't got anybody to really put any pressure so you were allowed to play your style without uh, us pressing you and without really having anybody uh, up front that is putting your goal under danger although we did hit the post and the bar so we did manage to create a couple of chances but they apart from that you had it you could play you controlled it 35 pound tickets for Fulham you know even we've sat down there we've bought on it we even even bought our tickets yes as well not because we don't want to go but it's just like we're sitting down there thinking it's not quite right but the 35 pound ticket thing is just kind of like one step beyond Saturday at Fulham it's going to be a big game it's going to be a huge day yeah it's a, it's a 
late kickoff gives us a couple of more hours in the pub. Um, it, it, you know, but in, in terms of everything else, it's just a it's a it's a pressure cooker. Get your asses down to Craven Cottage. Just go for it. Get your asses down to Craven Cottage. Buy your ticket, but don't buy any food. Don't buy any drink. Don't buy anything there. Don't give them any extra money. Because at the end of the day, we're football fans, and they should respect us in the same way. And at the end of the day, go and buy your food in the pub. Go and buy your food in the burger store outside. But don't buy your food at Craven Cottage. Well, you told me if I come here, guarantee three points. So here I am, three points banked. Um, happy days. It's, it's been a good trip. It was a. I thought it was a very even game. I thought it was. Um, I thought we probably just wanted it a little bit more at the end. Uh, this is to be our new tech, doesn't it? Absorb the pressure. We also get to get to half time nil nil. See what happens in the second half. And it, it was like we always thought we'd score a goal. Really, haven't stopped thinking about this for the last two weeks after not caring about it for the previous twenty odd weeks. But you know, every game we win. We've got a chance. Are oh, we good enough to go up? Uh, no. Could we go up? <laughs> Who knows? Possibly. Fulham, all season we've been talking about Fulham being a game where we can scup them, scupper their chances, F them up, and all of a sudden it actually means something to us now, which is fantastic. So hopefully everyone gets on board, buys tickets, and goes and supports us. So two games and nothing less than six points would have done over those two games, and fair play to Brentford, they delivered in true George Graham Stiley. It's not 1-0 to the Arsenal, but it's 1-0 to the Brentford. And, uh, I mean, we did what we had to do, and so the dream lives on, as they say. I mean, we never thought we'd be even anywhere near this stage and uh, thinking that we might get to the playoffs. And it's still, pretty much as you said, it's not going to happen. But at the end of the day, it does actually give us something to look forward to at the end of the season. It, it sets up this Fulham game on Saturday very well. Um, even if that doesn't happen the QPR game often sets up very well and even for Barnsley which we thought we were just going to go out there for a bit of a day out it looks like it might be even more than that now yeah I've really sort of set my mind to be really content with the top 10 you know top, top 10 to me has been kind of like the, the not the be all and end all but it's, it's like that's the, that's the benchmark where we've kind of we've set ourselves and uh, I was speaking to Dutch last night before the game and he rightly said that you know he really just wants to get as high as we possibly can in, in, in the table and whether that's ninth, eighth, seventh, whatever and uh, but it's still something tantalising. It's, it's, the results didn't really go our way last night, but we just chipped another point away from, from the deficit between us and sixth place. You know, Millwall, to their credit, they keep, they keep winning. Um, it's an amazing run that they've been on, and it's an amazing run that Fulham have been on. And you just keep, but you keep like, when you, once you follow football for as long as we, we all have, you realise you these runs can't last forever. They, they have to end. And why, why won't Fulham's run end on Saturday? And why won't... Millwall then go and lose their final three or four games because you know we know the margins between success and defeat are kind of are really really fine sometimes so you know maybe our luck's working for us and it might continue and maybe theirs will stop working so you know I, I think there's a few turns and twists and uh, there's a few nail, nail biting moments to come but I, I'm not writing anything off I mean I'm going to come back to again and mention this a few weeks ago 2nd of April uh, two years ago we started a run at Nottingham Forest and we carried on we basically won every single match other than the match we lost at Hull and I think we drew one game as well but other than that I think we won about eight games between then and the end of the season or it might have even been nine games and again this year the 2nd of April Bristol City it has started and now we're three games in we've won every single game since then so it looks like the 2nd of April is the benchmark where Brentford start to actually start playing some football Ipswich Town Mick McCarthy he was manager when he came to us on Saturday, but he kind of seemed to be a manager in shell. But he, he, he wasn't there in spirit, definitely, and, and the fans definitely gave him a little bit of spick, stick then. And then he did a very bizarre thing. Why They beat Barnsley, and then he had a press conference, talked about the match um, last night, talked about the match for about three minutes, and they talked to him about taking a player off or substituting a player, and then he went, well, it doesn't really matter, I'm not going to be here anymore, just walked out the press conference. So, uh, end of an era, most definitely. But Ipswich Town on Saturday... Um, I know you were talking about the Mick McCarthy style it's still very much evident wasn't it yeah he plays in a certain way I think he, he's in danger of becoming a bit of a caricature of himself there and I was probably slightly unaware of just how much the Ipswich fans don't like him and they particularly didn't like him being there after he was going so I thought that was odd um, like a lot of us we lost a lot of respect for him after the judge high um, incident and you know how he behaved after that and uh, if I had any more respect to lose for him I think picking high deliberately for that game knowing that Judge was starting was also pretty shoddy actually and 
Um, not sure where someone like him goes from there, really. There seems to be jobs for the boys all the time. and People like him seem to pop up somewhere in these sort of championship potential big team sleeping giant situations. But I'm not sure what sort of team would really want to play in that style. And he hasn't really brought them a lot of success either. It's interesting because the Ipswich fans were sort of, you know, they put their hand up and they said, look, he's done great for us and it worked for us. But now we think that, that even that style of football, even we have to put our hands up and say it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really work anymore. It's, 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 for this division, it's not going to so what's Mick McCarthy going to do? Is he going to change the way that he manages? Is he going to go down to a lower league where it might be more effective? Or will he just, you know, latch onto a team who comes into this division, you know, something like a Burton or something like that, who just basically just wants to get a bit of survival maybe for a few years and, 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 and play that, that type of football? I mean, I don't know. We've probably played a part in how, how fans um, expect football to be played and I, and I think people like Warnock and McCarthy um, this, the functional style of football it, it, it's alright if you're winning and, and if, when, you, when you stop winning and, or being successful and you see other, other teams sort of lesser so called lesser teams playing you know nicer more attractive football and, and winning and their fans enjoying it then you kind of you've got to question it haven't you you know Mick McCarthy you know is he is he turning into a bit of a dinosaur you're right he's probably he's probably not his last you know managerial stint in in the game of football he's got he has got a lot to offer someone but you know if you're a progressive forward thinking um, ambitious club now you've really got to be thinking of having a, a proper footballing ethos you know you, you look look what's happened to Bournemouth you look what's happened to you know Watford you, you look what's happened in a, you know a Huddersfield last season this you know you, you can't you can have success by you know just by spending a little bit less as well sometimes I know Ipswich haven't spent a lot of money that's been part of the problem maybe but yeah I, I, I just delighted I, I haven't got to watch it I think it's interesting speaking to Ipswich fans and Forest fans before and after, particularly before the game last night, and it's amazing how you get renowned for playing a certain style of football. And you know, Brentford now are absolutely well known for playing decent football. And you know, everyone we talked to before the games come up and say, "You guys play great football. You guys are going to play good football." And you, you get famous for that, don't you? And it's, it, I guess it's, it's new to us to be in that position where we're the ones being talked about in that light, and perhaps looking down our noses at the style of uh, teams like Ipswich and how they play. Um, where you know possibly that was us not that long ago in terms of style and results were everything so it's, it's a nice position to be in for us and uh, you're right when you're winning and playing good football it's a pleasure to watch it's, it's a bit funny sometimes you know kind of um, not lecturing is the wrong word but kind of um, taking the moral high ground perhaps on, on your footballing style you know since there are certain clubs fans that just can't stand it they won't, they won't tolerate that being told anything by the likes of Brentford you know you look at Birmingham City at the moment a couple of times in the last week or so, our Twitter timeline's been f- filled up with the usual kind of morons saying, "Oh, you know, you're Tim Pot this, Tim Pot that," and you know, you're you don't get a half of attendances that we get. And what, when was the last time you won a won a bit of silverware? You know, and they just don't re- they just don't realise things things are allowed to change. You know, um, just because we have been you know underachieving for pretty much all of all of the last 50, 60 years. Then it hasn't got it hasn't got continued like that, and, and it's how do you change? How, how do you set about a different direction for your club? And setting about a, a different direction for your club has to be a, a, a playing style where, where that, whether it's the A team or the B team, they can come in, they fit in, and you're recruiting certain kinds of players to fit into that style. It, it makes it's complicated, but it make it should make pr- progress easier. By changing a manager every five minutes, because you know you've got this big weight of um, tradition and big club itis around your neck, you know, in, in the end, it, it 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 contributes to a spiral. And um, you know, Birmingham City, it's almost like who are you to give us advice anymore on on football? We've done done you for seven goals to nil this season, and we've consistently beaten you. Um, and you know. You take our players and you, you don't know what to do with them. So, you know, I, I, I just think that, you know, the, the Brentford's direction has changed and, you know, we're in a transition period and, you know, we're going to get grief for a, for a little while yet. But, you know, every year we finish in the top 10 is another year that our club establishes itself as, as a different club. What's interesting, there's an interesting comment that actually came from the Ipswich fan uh, chatting to after the game. Um, you're talking about, you know, teams are renowned for the style of football we're playing. You know, you said that Forest and Ipswich fans as well. Um, the Ipswich fan said to me, I actually expected Brentford to be passing the ball around and playing us off the park. And he goes, that didn't didn't quite happen. So was it a case that, you know, we got, <laughs> we got McCarthy 
or is it the phase that we've actually had to adapt because you know the last few games we've kind of won and in some cases we've won ugly we've done what we've had to do um, is it a case that we're sort of saying well maybe we, we know it's not necessarily about passing the ball around you know I mean we did it at Bristol City most definitely but are we flipping it up a little bit that we you know depending on what the opposition may be yeah I think we are and I think we said it after the Borough game where you could see we actually changed our style and it's, it's interesting I think you've got to be able to play both I think towards the end of any given season style tends to change for most teams even the most successful teams um, yeah, it becomes a bit messier at the end of a season doesn't it and, and games become vital to, to win or not to lose in many cases so I think there's an element of that end of season it's about it as well but the ability to change it up and play in a different style and um, adapt to it and yeah, Ipswich played in a very certain way lots of men behind the ball man marking not much space but we still managed to create a few chances and you, know, you talk about the run that we're on and Smith likes his runs and his losing streaks and his winning streaks um, but it's sort of almost like a mirror image of the start of the season you know, the first eight games where we played brilliantly and got nothing you know, it'd be ironic if the last eight games we don't play quite so well and we win all of them I think, I think it's a bit of that I think there's um, you know, we, we have got a little bit cleverer in, in the way we sort of manage the games but also I think we, we have got a little bit lucky the last two games as well I think um, Ipswich could, could and should have equalised Dan Bentley pulled off a couple of really good saves um, and then last night they, they hit the bar and hit the post and they actually they actually sort of carved us open a couple of times and it was like really poor finishing we, we took a, a really good chance and won it um, Bristol City is probably out of those three is the one that is you know is the one you would you, you would probably watch again on video um, but the other two were just kind of I don't know a, a little bit attritional uh, you know we, we, whether it's coincidence that we we held it tight or didn't concede for 70 minutes then 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 struck um, we'll, we'll find out we'll find out on Saturday we're going to learn a lot about our team on Saturday actually it's, uh, it's it's whether it's whether we are slightly more functional or or that's just the way those two games have panned out. And it's interesting you don't we talk about Saturday. We're going to be talking about Fulham obviously quite a lot later on in this podcast. But I mean, I was actually looking at a few clips from earlier this season when we were just trying to pull together our. Um, our footage for the uh, for the footage um, about the Fulham game. You know, we got a few little bits and pieces that we're going to be playing you a bit later. But I was interesting because I was watching the three-one game where we beat Fulham three-one. They went one 0 ahead for a goal, which a bit of a mistake, and then we gave them the ball and they went one 0 ahead. And then we came back to three-one. And I thought, well, looking at that, I mean, I know it's a lot early in the season. We looked a lot really incisive you know Ollie Watkins is really on the ball and I, I actually don't know if this this length for the season has actually played out that the players are actually quite knackered you know so we're playing the ball around and we're doing some really nice things but there was a sort of this like anger and this real incisiveness you know when Sawyer scored his goal bang you know what I'm saying when Ollie Watkins got on the ball bang you know and he's really really doing that and I just don't know whether or not we are actually tired and you could see maybe that you know we actually probably need even a slightly I mean they say our squad's very big but in certain areas, we're sort of, you know, how much backup have we got in certain areas which might, which might match it up? You know, maybe it comes to the season where next season we'll be strengthening where, you know, if, if for example, Malpay was on the bench and you had a striker in front of him, you bring Malpay on, everyone's going to go, absolutely brilliant, we've got Malpay coming on, that's great. And it means that you've got a really strong, strong bench. So, I don't know, that's, that's my thoughts. But you talked about luck, obviously, we did have some luck against Forrest and... It's been talked about a lot now. Luck comes over a period of time. You know, you don't look at luck over you know a game or two games. You can do, but you look at it over a season. And you know, if we were unlucky at the back end of the season, you know that luck has come in. The, the, the theory is that luck pays itself back over a period of time. Whether or not it's last season with Reading, were very lucky. They found themselves in the playoffs, but they were never believed to be in, in that playoffs position by people who you know look at these things but 12 months later all the luck that they had just ran out and they've actually probably found their true position which is literally on the edge of the relegation zone um, just coming back to that Forest game as well Ogbeni he's a player that we've been sort of kind of keeping our fingers crossed that he's going to appear at some stage because we you know the, the, the rumours that we heard when we went out to Ireland they were very excited about him they said he's strong said he was fast uh, when he came on he seemed to have surprised the Forest bench because they had obviously no, they didn't scout him. They had no idea who he was, and he came out. He actually got the corner, which led to the to the goal as well. You know, so uh, but he was running out there and he's causing a few problems, which is which is interesting, isn't it? Because obviously, Canos, love Canos as he is, but you know, he, he we still need him to sort of step up a level, don't we? I think he's going to definitely bring us something a little bit different. He's he's taller um, and he's, he's rangy. He's he's kind of a bit like. Bambi, he's got like you know he had like legs were like on ice a couple of times, 
Um, he put a couple of crunching tackles in as well. He, he obviously needs to get up to speed and he needs to, you know, get get a little bit more game time at the championship. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure that, you know, how, how, oh, it's obviously going to be really difficult to come into a game like that and, you know, and, and, and sort of really put your mark on it. But he came in and he really did contribute. So I'm really, yeah, looking forward to seeing much more of him. And you're right, it's very... None of the other teams would have um, obviously scouted him. So, you know, if you want to play a random wild card, then maybe he's, he's another one to be included in, in the whether it's a starting lineup or on certainly a, as a coming on a sub at Fulham. Um, he, he could surprise them. He could surprise them, and, and maybe as they say, and the chant was going as they've been stolen for Tamani. He's gone now, but if Benny scores, he's on the pitch as they were singing last night on the terraces. The Dutchman, um, Benny's in. We had a few changes from the team last night, so there's a bit of rotation been going on with uh, Dean Smith. And there were a few question marks, were there not? When uh, when we saw the team, we thought, oh, is it going to be the right team? But in the end, he's obviously proved everybody right that he did the right thing. Yeah, he got, he got the job done and got the results, so there's, there's no criticism after the event before, I guess. You know, the, the difference is now we've got a big squad and we've got lots of good players and he's the one who picks the team and we can all have our favourites and question some of it I think there is an element of rotation I think there is an element of people being tired um, I don't think he's resting players for big games or anything like that I think he's perhaps picking players for certain to, you know, to play against certain teams deliberately um, It's interesting you say that because Chris Meppham that wasn't the excuse that he gave he said that Chris Meppham didn't play because he went to China he's had um, you know he's, he's played quite a few matches he's only just made his debut and you know he's you know for, for Wales and, and he's played games at all, and, and he's tired so he thought he had to rest him because of that so that, that's not what Dean Smith's saying but you're actually thinking beyond the line actually you're thinking he's picking particular players for particular games yeah, I think so. I mean, perhaps that centre-half position may be the exception to that. You know, we've got three centre-halves clearly vying for two places and you know, whichever one plays, we've all, we all got our favourites. But you, know, you don't fear any of them playing. You know, they're all decent players and you know, the, the two played very well last night as they different. And those two are because people might not have heard. Um, so last night was Egan playing with Bielend. Um, yeah, and they both played very well. I thought we looked very solid at the back in the middle. Um, but as we did against Ipswich as well. So I think whoever comes in, I think that's that's the difference, isn't it? We've got a squad now, not only the 11 on the pitch, we've got people who can't even get onto the bench. And, you know, the lad coming on, as Laney's just said, I thought he looked a little bit different. He looked lively, he looked confident. You know, he got a shot away as soon as he came on. Um, it gives us just another option. And, you know, we are now a, a good team with a good squad and whatever changes he is making, there's no one there that we don't want to see in that starting lineup, And that's really exciting. I mean, interesting point, Dutchman, and, and, and like I say, on Saturday, you know, when it comes back to the centre-backs, it's going to be an interesting situation because of, you know, Dean Smith's actually going to, you know, the tiredness thing has been, you know, there's been a rotation, the tiredness thing has been dealt with now, so on Saturday, he's going to have to pick his best centre-backs. Yeah, we go, we're, we're in for a bit of a torrid time. Um, is Milosevic, is, oh, sorry, Metrovic, is... is um, on fire. Um, he's he's obviously uh, a Premiership player playing playing in the Championship, and he stands a great chance of and helping Fulham get promoted. So you know it's been a it's been a great move for them. So yeah, we, we need to be tight, really tight at the back, and then obviously take any chances that come our way coming forward. But, but yeah, the, the, the centre back pairing is. I mean, I, I think he's going to start with Mepham. He's obviously they've got huge huge belief in him now. But Egan didn't Egan didn't do anything wrong last night. You know, Bielend got a question whether he's got the pace, um, but he's got the experience. He's kind of a, he's a real cool, calm customer. And there's a you know I had a conversation in the pub after the game, and um, they someone said to me, you know, he he takes too long to get rid of the ball or to pass it. And I'm like, well, he's an inter- international quality or international class player you know he just doesn't he just doesn't rush he's not phased by being under pressure he he, he plays it out when he when he sees the you know he sees, he sees the need to and his and the response was well, yeah but he plays other people into the pre, in, into pressure but I, I I just think that you know Bielend and Mepham they just make such a really good centre-back pairing you know that sort of older calmer head and obviously the young rookie talent um, so yeah, but he's, he's, there's there's lots of decisions to be made. Or equally, there's a lot of performances that need to be upped. You know, we talked about Ollie Watkins, we talked about Sergi Canos, we talked about you know Woodsy coming back into that team. There's 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 a lot of players that need to be 
turning it up a notch on Saturday. They didn't really have to do that. But interesting, we definitely haven't talked about Woodsy coming back into the team. Um, we've talked about it maybe in the pub last night, but we haven't talked about it on this podcast. And the fact is, again, what happens there, we've won three matches in a row. The three matches that Ryan Woods has been out, we've won all three of those matches. From, from what we gathered, Brentford don't like sort of changing his sort of very much a, lose, a winning setup. We've won. So what happens now? You know, we've got Josh McEachern who's come in. Um, th- there's a view between you know us a lot. But we think Josh McEachern's great when you when you when your tail's up. So when you when you when you're winning, you know he's he's a great player. If you're losing, you know is he going to get in, in, into a bit of a scrap and sort of dig you out of it? Mm, question mark there. So what happens now? Because on paper, it should be pretty much the same side. Okay, they made four changes the last game, so maybe he doesn't. But what what happens on Saturday? Are we going back into the? Oh, we need to rotate the squad thing, and that's that's the get-out clause. Or is you know is he going to say this is what uh, the best team I think for that? And Ryan Woods comes back in in place of McEachern. Personally, yeah, I, I bring Woodsy straight back into the team. I can hear I can hear almost everyone listening to this going, yeah, yeah, I would too. Um, McEachern, um, I think he's a bit of a myth in a red and white stripe shirt. He or a green one last night. I think he, he played played really okay last night. He played well, but. You know, um, he's, he's still far from that. The most intelligent, you know, the, the most promising player I've seen on a training pitch, which has been dubbed, you know, he's been dubbed using his name a couple of times by Dean Smith. Um, I, I, he doesn't unlock the defences enough. He, he, he had a, he had a, an okay game, sort of not, not quite box to box, but buzzing around the middle. But he didn't, he didn't once thread a ball through to Morpay to run onto. He didn't once. I, I didn't see. You know, getting a shooting position. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think Woodsy brings so much more to Brentford's game than than, than um, McEachern. And uh, yeah, we need a, we need a terrier in there, someone that really does go cover every inch of the pitch, and someone who's like you know he clearly in control of that ball the whole time. Um, he might yeah. Woodsy for me definitely what we can't afford to do is give away the ball in midfield and and, and a few games recently we've been doing what we used to do back in the day and needlessly under no pressure keep giving the ball back in midfield if we do that um, Fulham will absolutely terrorise us yeah you're right we do give away too often we did that last night in the game as well we came on I think the Mahocho came on he gave it away a couple of times needlessly um, I guess that's a price to pay sometimes for being, you know, being the team that we are. We try and pass it in all situations, and that's part of the adapting that we do. But you're right; it's, we're going to have to absolutely up our game on Saturday and not give the ball away. They're 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 lethal on the break. They've got some good finishing, and we need to play the game, you know, as much as we can in their half. We need to make sure they're worried about us uh, and needless giving the ball away and needless free kicks on and around here. And would see in or out on Saturday because, as like we said, that's the big decision as well for um, Dean Smith. For me, 100% in. 100% in on the Woodsy front. Look, much more to talk about. We're going to have a little discussion. We've talked about the players that we have, but we're going to be talking about players who may or may not come in the side right after this little twang. Zane Westbrook, product of the B team, friend of Besotted, chats to us all the time, really enthusiastic, good player. Um, we've seen him quite a few times. We, you know, he sort of kind of verge on the, on the first team. And then the news came out that he's trialling for Coventry and they played a game for them and they were very happy with his trial. They said to me, he's taken the ball by the scruff of the neck and he's taken the game by the scruff of the neck and he's a very good player and basically you can see that they obviously want him. And we put the question marks in, we're thinking, oh, what's going on here? We thought Zane Westbrook was teed up for a, for a bit of Griffin Park first team action, but it looks like that looks like that Zane Westbrook may be leaving us for pastures new. It threw a couple of questions in. People will start saying this is an Alfie Mawson situation. It's you know what's going on here. I thought there's maybe a path through to the A team, but then the other questions are actually being asked: Can everybody get into the A team? I mean, how many players can you get to the A team, and what is the benchmark? And if you don't get into the A team, then what is the plan for Brentford? Obviously, they want to make as much money out of players as possible, and if you can't get in the team, it's better him being you know a first teamer at Coventry and then maybe moving up and then moving up than you know, just struggling and trying to get into the side, the Dutch. You can't get everybody in the team. We've just talked about the strength of the squad and how hard it is for somebody, you know, the seasoned, experienced professionals to get in there. So for a youngster to come through now, it's going to be difficult. And we've proved it can be done and we've seen players come through and we've got Mepham being the obvious one at the moment and we've seen 
the obvious one that, that got away in terms of Mawson. But even yeah, as we said with Mawson, you can't all play in the team at the same time. And you, know, you, you would assume that if Westbrook is believed to be good enough by Smith and, and the coaches and the squad, then he would get that opportunity. So the suggestion is that they they don't think we need someone in that position or they don't think he's up to it. I mean, he's obviously a talented player. Um, I guess you know, maybe he may be pushing for a move. I've no idea. He may be... Um, you know, looking for first team action now, and at the point in his career where he wants to play week in, week out for somebody. And if that's not going to be Brentford, you know, his, his career ambitions will be higher than playing for the Brentford B team every week, regardless of whether we're playing, you know, Man U, Man City, Anderlecht, etc. I mean, he wants to play for a league team, and um, you know, whether he's what, what level he's at, he needs to play in a team before he before he sees whether he's good enough. And that's either a sort of lengthy loan, isn't it, out on loan for a season potentially. Um, or he just bites the bullet and goes and works his way back up again. And it's always sad to see people go if they come through the youth team because we all want to see them succeed. But we've set the bar quite high now in terms of the quality of the players that we've got. And it's you know it's going to be progressively harder for people to break through. Yeah, it's really you know it's true. I was just going to echo pretty much all of that. To be honest, you know it's, it's difficult to to, to know, you know who who we're going to drop for him to get his chance. Who, 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 who don't you want to play in the team? So you know he. He's obviously young and he's ambitious, and you know he, des- he deserves he deserves a place in someone's starting eleven. He's, he's good enough, you know. He's been receiving rave reviews for the B team. You know, the B team themselves have been taking on some some really Im- impressive young young teams and, and beating them. Uh, you know, the Man United game, the, the Chelsea game, the you know the the who else have we played recently? Man, Man, you know, yeah, Real Madrid, AC yeah, Milan, Inter Milan, Rangers. We've well, been playing them all off the park. So you know these these players want to want to play in in, in in first team 11s in 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 front of audiences and crowds and 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 show their full potential. So it's it's inevitable. We can't we can't keep them all, um, but they they have to go with our blessing at some stage. Personally, I think he's better than Coventry, but uh, you know. He does what him, you know. He has to do what's right for for him. And at some stage, you know, we got we got big decisions to be made. So if he does go, then you know, it's a real shame. But hopefully, we'll get some money for him. It's interesting when you talk about Coventry. Um, Coventry actually sold. Was it Stevenson, who's that midfield player that we were looking at a couple of seasons ago? Or was, I think it was in January we were looking at him, and uh, wouldn't come for particular reasons. They were trying to get a really big price for him, and it never happened. And we moved on, and we we, we got Mikochko and. Is end of story but interestingly a lot of people don't, don't know this because it's kind of went under the radar he got signed to Wolves so Wolves signed him I think it was in the summer and then they put him straight back out on loan so obviously they have bright big hopes for this Stevenson or whatever his name is from Coventry But so it's interesting they've obviously got a bit of a system at Coventry in bringing players through and seeing how Westbrook can actually fit into their team um, it works for them the Dutchman well I would add is it's in a way, it's a downside of us still challenging for the for the playoffs, isn't it? I think you know we had the season been petering out, and we were you know way outside with no chance of getting in. It may have been more of an opportunity to put one or two different players in and, and see how they play from the start. But while we're keeping the, the faint dream alive and every game's a must-win, etc., etc., then you know, he ain't going to be taking any risk with bringing people in the into the squad like Westbrook at this moment in time. And talking about bringing people in or not bringing people in, we don't do, try try not to do gossip. There's loads of gossip. That's what the internet is for, as they say fake news everywhere you go but you know there's all there's little bits and pieces and we, you know you can't not say certain thing about certain bits of news that's flying around and Ollie Watkins is obviously a player who Brentford believes is one of their best players that they've ever ever signed he's a fantastic player and they think he's going to be a massive prospect he's going to go all the way to the top so you're bound to get people who are always going to say they're going to be into him a little bit of fake news that's been flying around at the moment now saying that um, Bournemouth and Burnley are after Ollie Watkins and we're going to be selling him for £10 million in the summer and he's been, uh, he's been battling between the two of those which is uh, <laughs> news to most apparently from what, from, what, from what we can gather you know Ollie Watkins is still a Brentford player and they've got big high hopes for him and maybe it's a couple of bit of agent activity which is going out there trying to fuel a few a bit of fires underneath there as well there's also this talks with this Sammy Smodix from uh, Colchester He's an attacking midfielder. He scored 13 goals for them as well. So Sammy Smodix, that's again that's been floating around in the news. Probably his agent putting something out there as well. Um, never know what might be what might be happening with that. But like I said, the Smodix is uh, is on the is on the radar apparently according to people. So it might be worthwhile keeping tabs on that. I mean, nothing really happens in the window until until the summer, until later on in the summer. Um, but you know, I'll probably put a bit of money that unless somebody comes and pays us 20 million pounds plus, or only Watkins, he won't he won't be going anywhere. Spot on, mate. I was going to say, you know, the, it's, a, it's almost like a template story, isn't it? Brentford rookie in his first season in the Championship, 
Ollie Watkins has been linked with X, fill, fill a different name of a different club in every other week, four, and then put a different figure in every week. And 10 million quid is just not enough for Brentford to be even interested you know you know, it, it isn't we paid two million for him um, we're going to have to pay Exeter I would have thought a, a nice chunk of that um, which could be two million quid as well so there's so that's, that's there's your four so that leaves you six and you've got to you've got to replace him so you know and then everyone knows you you know your prices are going to go up and up for when we know we've got money in the bank so this, the number's not big enough and he's on, he's on a very long contract with us so why, why would we want to sell him for, for 10 million quid at the moment 15 I would say is is the starting point on it and I know that seems ridiculous amount of money but it, that's he's that good is that good as well and we talked about this before as well Chris Meppham obviously again similar situation you know the the, the buzzards are going to be flying around Griffin Park in the summer uh, Chris Meppham you know Ryan Giggs has given him his thumbs up so you know maybe it's a scenario that they want him to play at a Premier League side for, for the Wales team so so this guy's going to be a regular in my Wales team so maybe we can get, get him into a Premier League side maybe is what Giggs is saying but again they've got to stump up the cash if it's going to happen we may, we may of course be a Premier League side next year Billy just saying well there you know <laughs> well, Meps shared, shared a room with uh, Gareth Bale so Gareth Bale's what is he going to return back to but you know he's going to he's going to go back to uh, to um, to um, Madrid and just say oh you know I've just scared a room with this absolutely brilliant prospect and they'll they'll start looking at him as well I wouldn't wonder I mean, this this is how football works you know what I mean indeed indeed listen indeed indeed as we say but look we got to look forward to a game on Saturday we are playing Fulham. And we like going to Fulham, Craven Cottage, even though it's costing us £35, which is an absolute cheat. But we won't even let that spoil our weekend. We'll talk about that another time. Let's chat about the Fulham game at the weekend. So Craven Cottage is a happy hunting ground for Brentford. I don't actually think we've lost there since, what, the 90s? even the 80s but definitely the 90s we haven't lost there in a long time and Fulham fans are going to get them and they'll go oh no but well, we've not played you for 17 years because we were in the Premier League and we were in the Europa League and honestly and we were doing really good things but you're not there anymore and the fact is that in this league in the Championship since we played you every time we got to Craven Cottage we've either drawn or we've won which is good but there was one particular game which will go down in the memories of Brentford fans and I know Fulham fans oh, you always bring that up oh yeah you're never going to live that down oh. doesn't matter it was an absolutely teething tremendous day as we say as we sailed down the river from Kew to Fulham and an armada of boats we had a right good laugh if you go and check besotted.com forward slash video and go and check on there you'll see the Fulham video which we've got up there from that day it's about 20 minutes long and it's a teething tremendous day fantastic and we went out and we won 4-1 that day to what the Brentford fans will say was was it their cup final or is the the best day of their lives or it was just it was just a brilliant 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 day out and we're going to just have a little listen back and hark back to what exactly what happened on that day right now now back to Bidwell Bidwell takes one touch now here's Dallas Dallas chance to shoot here and he does and he scores Brentford take the lead at Craven Cottage. Leaves it for Dallas. Dallas right foot takes a shot. Oh yes! yes. What a goal oh. by Stuart Dallas! This is goal of the season. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable goal by Stuart Dallas. Comes now, Judge to the near post. Yes! Yes! Well, a goal by Alan Judge!
Judge on this left-hand side. Judge into the box. Hotter with a goal! It's the fourth! Four fantastic goals here at Craven Cottage! Wow! Every time I watch that video, it does make me smile, actually. It is hilarious. And like I said, when we're making them clips, actually looking back on it and, and listening to the hotter and the last minute and the, and the, the singing and the, just, the, just the hilarity of it, it was just, it was just so brilliant because it was almost like pent up. It was almost like, you know, you know like, it, tell you what it was like. It was almost like when you want to go to the loo. You know, you want, you're, like, you're on a tube train and you want to go to the loo and you're desperate, desperate. You know your stop's coming. You're not, your stop's coming and eventually, right, you, you die and then you run off the train and then you manage to find a loo and you go in and you're thinking, yeah, oh, fantastic. That, you know, for what, 15, 16, 17 years, it's just been pent up with Beast fans waiting for that moment. And when it came, it was just like one of that sort of, oh, we found the loo moment. And yes, that, 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 that toilet stop was probably the best toilet stop ever. So you, what you're saying is we took the piss <laughs> at Craven Cottage, which we did. So it's a brilliant anal- analogy. I, c- I couldn't pick one great thing from that. I think I think Alan Judge's free kick was just the most beautiful free kick I've, I've, I've ever seen. It was just straight into the straight into the top corner. Um, just the roars, I think the the the, the roar of six thousand Brentford in in one block. It was deafening for each one of those goals. Um, Not everyone heard it though. Do you know that? Apparently Harley Dean didn't hear it because apparently oh, no, no. there was there's no there's no atmosphere at any Brentford games apparently. No, no, it's the roars at St Andrews are probably ten times better than, <laughs> than that. Obviously, obviously, um, the the singing, just the the, the bees up full and down, the just the, the again just the amount of people that were singing it right, singing their hearts out. Um, yeah, and obviously Jotter Jotter in the last minute for the third goal, but um, oh, sorry, the fourth goal. Uh, it was yeah, just just a brilliant day. You know, obviously there's always a worry that you know we can go there and that can be undone. You know, we, we, we go we go to we go to Craven Cottage uh, against one of the you know best teams in this division. So they're they're quite capable of beating us. But I you know we we go up and down this country week in week out and we don't seem to be phased by anything any stadium any atmosphere it's only once or twice this season I think we've been literally outplayed that was against Wolves at, at Molyneux and I think Derby Derby sort of did a job on us up at their place apart from that we've, we've competed pretty much everywhere and you know I, I, I don't go there obviously I go there concerned you know I'm, I'm nervous it's, it's, the, it's a big day. scared uh, yeah, probably a little bit scared. Yeah, I mean, I'm not scared of not scared of them, and not scared of the the atmosphere. But obviously, scared that you know we we, we could get we could get done to two or three. But you know, I, I think I think we're we're in our comfort zone everywhere we go, and I don't see it being any different on Saturday. Do the players know how important this game is? Because obviously we get players coming and going, you know. We've got um, Marcondes, interestingly, he's obviously part of our squad now. He's a player that comes on even before he was still in Denmark. And uh, somebody tweeted him, you know, what about thing at Fulham? And he actually tweeted back shit, which I thought was interesting, to say the least. But, um, but I thought that was quite interesting. But do you think the players in general know, I'm not being funny, but this is the game that you need to absolutely, 100% be on your A game? Yeah, I'm sure they do, but I would imagine that Smith is playing that down, you know, the sort of guy that Smith is, he'll certainly keep it as a, it's another game, just another game, it's a big game because we've got the outside chance of the playoffs and, um, you know, we've got to win it for that reason, but once they get there and they see the atmosphere and and the, the deafening noise um, coming out from the Brentford end, which apparently was quite loud when we beat them 4-1, um, so you say, 
because uh, <laughs> like Harley, I didn't hear it. Yeah. And uh, what was that? I mean, what's your what's your defining moment, Touchman, for that? You know, because <laughs> I mean, Laney was talking about the, the atmosphere and the fans singing. But what, what from that day? What do you remember? Yeah, I thought I'd give you that one for free because I knew you'd bring it up anyway. Um, my defining moment was watching the lions roam around Kruger National Park in South Africa whilst uh, getting text updates from you buggers um, but enjoying it all the same uh, um, so very much looking did, did you hear the singing from Kruger National Park it's quite a long way isn't it I think when the fork I went in I heard something but I'm not quite sure what it was yeah. Otter in the last minute maybe it could be Otter in the last minute in the back of a Range Rover <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean the, the players will be up for it won't they? they you can't disguise any derby if it really kicks off the Fulham fans you know, they don't always make a noise but they'll be pretty loud on Saturday I would imagine it's a big big game for them isn't it if they you know they're now in second place they've kind of pulled reeled Cardiff in I guess if you like um, for that second place and we thought we're going to be coming into this game with a chance of maybe you know damaging their playoff credentials but I think they're probably past that now and you know it's really for them about whether they go straight up or whether they get in the playoffs and probably be favourites to win them if they do so so uh, massive game we'll be right up for it and like Laney yeah you're scared but I'm always scared of you know going to these games because they really don't want to lose it but um, it's nothing to lose I'd say that Fulham fans also very nervous about Brentford they'll turn around and say ah yeah tin pot side down the river whatever they may be but secretly I know they're, they're nervous about meeting us because they know that uh, I remember the game that we played them beforehand which is interesting um, we played them at Griffin Park and uh, I remember speaking to Fulham fans beforehand and they said to us you know they said, oh, you know, we struggle against teams like, you know, Birmingham City or Barnsley's or your Burton's because, you know, they come and they shut up shop. But if anyone wants to take us on toe-to-toe in a football game, we'll beat you at any time. And we're playing Brentford, you're going to play us in football, we'll beat you any time. We gave them a good idea then. So even though they're doing very well, they've got Sessignon, you know, they've got your man up front and all this kind of stuff, like, you know, great. However, there is still a nerve because they know that Brentford can at any time beat any team in this league. And we're also going in this game. It's interesting because there's almost like there's no nerves for us. We're having a bit of a laugh, but the thing is that we're not expected to do anything. We weren't expected to be in the players. We weren't expected to do anything now. So we want to go there. Of course, we want to beat them. But they're going to be much more nervous than we are because they don't want to go through that playoffs like they did last season where they thought they're going to fly through, beat Derby, and then get to the final and get promoted to the Premier League. They really, really, really need to win this game on Saturday and they need to firm themselves up. So... We're the people that can scupper that. And also the reason why they need to do that is because if you ever look at the accounts, they have gone shit or bust to try and get back in the Premier League. They have spent some money, Fulham have. Um, again, I, I should dig up the accounts because I should have these facts in front of me. But if I remember rightly, like I said to you, I think, did they lose nearly £30 million? Uh, They've lost nearly £30 million, I think it is, this season. They spent a, 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 their, 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 their playing budget is... I can't remember. Uh, I mean, we lost, I think, we lost just under a million. They lost nearly 30 million. Their playing budget is about, I don't know, four or five times as much big as what we are. Basically, they've gone all out. And this was last season. Forget about what's happening this season as well. They've gone all out where they need to get promotion this season to get that Premier League money come in. If it doesn't happen for them this season, I think, you know, financially, they could be in a little bit of a pickle because they, they've, they've really done and made the big gamble now and the big push. And so the pressure's on them. It's not so much on us. Make no mistake about it, they would prefer to be playing anyone else on Saturday apart from Brentford. They, they know that if anyone's going to be up for it and derailing them, it's going to be us. The players uh, in that 3-1 game earlier in the season, they come from a goal down to, to come back and we, we rub their noses in it. It could have been five um, on, on the, in the, that afternoon. Um, they, although they hit the bar again, you know, they're, they're a decent team, but you know, going toe-to-toe with them at football, we say the same. If anyone dares to go toe-to-toe with us, then you know, we, we've, we normally have got the, the, you know, the, the weapons to, to win. And I, and I think on Saturday, it's going to be, it should be a really good game. Um, first and foremost it, it could go either way but as I, as I said they would be preferring to be playing anyone at this moment rather than Brentford anyone else in that league who do you think they prefer to play Burton they play Burton ok Dutchman yeah, I think Laney's spot on they won't want to play us and they'll be you know, as massively up for it as well it, it should be a good game shouldn't it I think you know, we've all said it, it it probably means more to them than us really we're kind of still dreaming on the outside you know, an outside chance and enjoying the ride while we can they're absolutely desperate to, to go up and you know, if we get a draw up there we'll be reasonably happy um, out of it I think um, yeah, maybe they would be too so it should be a good game I think it'll be tight How are we going to deal with their attack because they're pretty in front of the goal at the moment now they're pretty pretty ferocious just got, we're just going to have to counter it we're going to have to just literally 
hit, hit them on the break. Be, it should be an end-to-end game. I don't, I don't necessarily think that we're able to necessarily stop them playing the way that they want to play. I think we won't get as much, quite as much possession as we, as, as we normally do. It should be fairly 50-50, I would have thought. It's just going to be down to clear-cut chances. Who creates them? They're probably going to be favourites in that department. We, we seem to have stopped making the 20 clear-cut chances that we or the quick 20 chances that we were a few few games ago where we we've kind of we, we didn't look as potent as last last night and we didn't look that potent against Ipswich on, on Saturday so but is that because we're I'm just going to answer the question is it because we're playing a bit safer or we, you know we've we had this reputation for being kamikaze if you looked at I mean you looked at those games we were really excited when we had the Warburton era and all this kind of stuff we used to up front and then the ball used to come back and we used to score goals and, and now are we just being a little bit more let's not lose let's not go behind let's get to half time let's just step it up after 50 or 60 minutes are we being a little bit cagier uh, yeah, possibly but I, I just think the last the last two fixtures you know Ipswich that was, you know, that we come up against a boring team that were going to park in the bus pretty much. And then last night, we, you know, I thought Forest were okay. They they got it, they got it wired when they could, and they they tried to find space. And they they, they were they were quite a decent footballing team in, in phases. You know, Fulham, they they they're gonna they're gonna really go for it. And uh, we've just got to make sure that we're we're watertight at the back. And, and if we're not, we create equally amount of chances and we and we take them. So it, it should be. There should be goals in it, I think. I mean, I'm going to say that if we get a result at Craven Cottage as well and we get a result from them, you know, look at their last results. The last results, they beat Reading 1-0, um, they beat Sheffield Wednesday 1-0, they beat Leeds 2-0, they beat Norwich 2-0, they drew two all with Fulham even though they were two, um, two, two up, I think, QPR on that one as well. QPR, um, QPR, they were two up against that one as well. They beat Preston 2-1, they beat Sheffield United 3-0, they beat Tarby 2-1, they beat Wolves 2-0, you know, then they drew with Bristol City, then they beat Aston Villa 2-0, they drew with Bolton, they beat Nottingham Forest 2-0, you know, they beat Barnsley three. I mean, they beat Burton six. I'm keep. I'm scrolling back. I don't even know where I'm. I'm back in January now. Yeah, but, but it's got. It's got to come to an end. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. It's brilliant. That that run has taken them from below us to second in the division. That's what. That's what those sequences of results do to do to any club. It could take you from struggling team to promotion team. Brilliant. They have done amazingly. I'm not. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to be snide about it. They, they've done an amazing job, and it's obviously been excellent to watch. But all good runs come to an end. But they, they always do. Look at Man City. The very best teams in the world, they lose eventually. They don't get it all their own way. So Barcelona, they all fluff eventually. So it, it's, it, they may not. It may, they may continue on Saturday. But there's a very big chance that the wheels will come off of Fulham on Saturday. And it will be Brentford that are there to do it to them. And if they do, we'll have such a great night. So, such a great night. I've got to ask you, lads, around the table here, how do you think we're going to do precisely what is the score going to be? The Dutchman. I've never on this pod said that we're going to lose a game ever, and I've never backed Brentford to lose. But that being said, I do think we might lose on Saturday, and I will go for 2-1 Fulham. Laney. I can see why you say that, and part of me certainly does think the same. We we could we could lose two or three or, or four four one. We could do that if everything goes their way. Uh, however, I am going to predict that the wheels come off for them. The sequence will end, and we will win by three go three goals to two. Oh, interesting. And for me, I'm going to sit on the fence between you two. You've got one loser, one winner, and I'm going to go for a one all draw which will still keep us in the hunt and still keep our unbeaten Craven Cottage run going anyway listen great chat this is Besotted Pride of West London podcast don't forget to check out the radio show Thursday night 9 till 10 it's going to be the Fulham show we're going to have a right laugh on that as well we're going to just make it just Fulham it's going to be our cup final show in fact because apparently it's our, it's our cup final isn't it it is um, can I make a little request like DJ Bill can, um, can I listen to um, one of the Fulham goals again on the uh at the end of this podcast, please. Yes, you can. Okay, well, you could listen to it. You know, anyone in particular? Um, anyway, can I choose? I'll choose. Yeah, you choose. Oh, DJ, DJ B. Okay, DJ B will choose uh, just for yourself and any Fulham fans that are listening as well. We'll give you some goals of that. So, listen to the radio show, Love Sport Radio, five five eight AM. It's on DAB. It's on digital. It's online, nine till ten o'clock as well. And we'll make it. Like I said, it's our cup final. Apparently, Fulham fans keep telling us so. We might as well have 
the, the cup final show on Love Sport Radio on Thursday night as well. And like I said to you, Martin Allen's coming down to us. It's going to be wicked. We've got Martin Allen. We've got the comedian, international comedian. He's been giving us a thumbs up as well, which is great. And also we have got what we've we got as well. We've got the um, we've got the comedy. We've got the, 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 the musical comedy act, which is hilarious as well. So they've booked in as well. We've got the DJ. We've booked in. We've got the buffet. We've got food. We've got drink. We've got an auction. We've got prizes. Yeah, that's, 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 you know, we, we shouldn't lose the sight of that. We're going we're gonna to raise some significant money for some real important local charities. Obviously, we've got prostate cancer um, charity. We've got Calm as a campaign against living miserably, which is like um, an anti-male suicide charity, a helpline that we're very close with. Um, Brentford fans involved in running that. Um, so, and then the, and the community trust are going to be down there. Some raising and we've got the Brentford Food Bank as well. Oh, and the Brentford Food Bank again. Yeah, that's obviously something that we've we're we're very proud to have helped forge the link between Brentford and and the food bank. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very very positive night. We're going to have a right laugh. Comedians, I was crying. There's, there's the two acts that we have are really really special, and I, I think it's just a, it's a coup to have them down there full stop, um, as well as Martin Allen. So it's going to be a great night. Very very few tickets left. Friday fourth of May, as we say, it's a bank holiday weekend. Get down there. It's going to be absolutely as we say, teething tremendous. But this is the besotted pride of West London podcast. We're going to Craven Cottage on Saturday. There's some boat tickets apparently still for buyers. Go to the buyers, go to the website, get the boat tickets. Um, we sell down there on the 4-1 game. It was brilliant. But go and buy your tickets if you want to go by boat as well and have some really good fun. It's a late kickoff, so you've got plenty of time to get down there on an Amada. But we're sitting here in the parcel yard. They've taken very good care of us. We're going to be back here it's after. A, there's a parcel over there. It's, it's a parcel. Three points written on it. That's right. Uh, it's a parcel. It's been delivered actually by. Uh, it's been delivered to Dean Smith. That's right from SW6. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. In the parcel yard, and we'll be back here um, probably after the Barnsley game in a few weeks' time, as we say. Come on, newbies. Still with it. Plays it back towards Pritchard. Leaves it for Dallas. Dallas right foot takes a shot. Oh yes! What a goal by Stuart Dallas! This is goal of the season! That's unbelievable! Unbelievable goal by Stuart Dallas! Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.